Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon and sitting across the booth is my good buddy, Doug McCary. Douglas, great to have you back in studio and know, know this, that there has been a number of I've had guys texting me uh, just how they could be praying for you and your family. It's been a couple of weeks. You've had a you've had a, a rather interesting journey over the last two weeks. Yeah, it has been, and I, I certainly want to say thank you on behalf of my dad and my brother and our family. Um, you know, my mom is with Jesus now. She's in the church victorious uh, with her King and her Savior, and um, I'm so happy for her. Sad for us, sad for my dad, sad for my brother and me that we we don't get her, and sad for the world, quite frankly, because everywhere my mom went, there was light. Her <laughs> her face lit up the room. Everybody said that. You heard that just in the little bit that you were there. Thank you so much for coming, joining us uh, for her celebration of life, and it was a celebration. But I would ask everybody to pray for my dad, pray for my brother and his family, and our family as we kind of walk through this because i i you know i'm coming to the realization i I don't have my mom with me anymore and i call my mom a lot i don't know how often you called your mom uh but i i would call her to pray for me and and uh she was always faithful to pray and write it down well your your story uh that you shared at the funeral about uh i guess Lori was gone you were at home mm-hmm. and uh you, you you were sick and not just sick but you were as you said like deathly sick sorry let me yeah. silence that um <laughs> that's all right uh but you know how how cool is it i i, I love that mm. that you reached out to your mom and asked her to, i mean of all the people you could have called and you called her you know that's a faithful witness of a, a of a person who knows the power of prayer. I'm always thankful, Doug. I know you are too. When your children call and ask you to pray for them, oh yeah, yeah. It's well, it's a good thing. And um, you know, there there's. Uh, by the way, um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, to WMOX to Bill uh, Smith who uh, has us on WMOX there. We're on WMER in Meridian and. Saw a lot of people there that listen on both those stations and so grateful. And uh, I would just ask everybody lift up my brother Bill out there. He's a good guy. And, uh, you know, we all go through challenges at time. And if y'all think about it, they shoot a prayer up from, for Bill. Bill Smith, he's a good friend, and I've known his family a long time and pray for him also. And it was good to see everybody. You know, I saw people, Brad, that I haven't seen uh in years in fact another person i want people to pray for a guy named steve steve timbrell was my baseball coach growing up and uh, i got a chance to go visit steve in the hospital and uh we were just talking about um the lord and talking about things and you know he coached me when i was like 13 years old so that Mm. that goes back a long time and he's been a good friend i played golf with him when i got older and was in the marine corps he was out at the navy base there in meridian so uh, a lot of people to pray for and folks don't take that lightly that is a a big deal when you lift up these people 
to the throne uh, on their behalf. So thank you for your prayers for us. And, Dad, I love you. I know you're listening. And, David, thank you all for, for all that you did while we were there. Yeah, and I know you have uh, – we, we will jump into what we're going to look at today. But I wanted you to share here on the air, if you don't mind, uh, I just the the story of uh, was it uh, Jolene? Uh, oh, Josephine. The, Josephine. Josephine. The, the, uh, yeah, Josephine uh, was working. She worked for a sweet lady who has an angel sitting service named uh, Miss Annie. And Josephine was in the room with my mom the day before my mom uh, went to heaven, and uh, or went to be with Jesus, and uh, and uh, she was watching my mom and. Uh, Lori sing. Lori, my wife, was singing "How Great There Art," and my mom, who really hadn't moved a lot, um, like she 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 hadn't moved any of her facial muscles very much. Mm-hmm. And but every now and then, I would ask her, "Mom, do you hear me?" And she'd squeeze my hand. I'd say, "Squeeze my hand if you hear me," and she'd squeeze it. So I knew she could hear and and respond. But um, she wasn't doing a lot uh, with her facial muscles trying to talk or anything. And so Lori was singing How Great Thou Art. And my mom tried to mouth the words How Great Thou Art. She was trying to sing. <clears throat> she loved to sing. And Miss Josephine was watching her and started tearing up. And um, when Lori left, I, I came in the room and Lori left for a minute. And Miss Josephine asked me, she said, do you think they know when they pass? I mean, as they're. As they're passing, passing, do you think they know? And I said, you know, uh, Miss Josephine, I don't don't know what actually happens when you pass, but I know that there was a time I was close to death, and I had this overwhelming sense of God's presence there. And I have to believe that that happens for those that are his. Mm -hmm. For those that are not, it's an overwhelming sense of terror. Yeah, yeah. But for those that are his— it's a very peaceful place. And my mom was at peace. She didn't, she didn't wrestle. She was not in a lot of pain and she was resting in the arms of Jesus the whole time. And as Lori was singing with her, it was just so beautiful. It was such a witness to Miss Josephine. And what ended up happening is before you know it, I had the chance to share the gospel with Miss Josephine who prayed to trust Christ and place her faith in Christ, not herself as she had Mm. done in the past. Mm. And so even at the end of my mom's life, I, I have to believe she was aware of what was going on right there, and she was being a witness for Jesus, which is what mm-hmm. we're all called to do. <clears throat> well, I wanted you to share that story because it was just a good reminder, not only that you shared it at um, the funeral service, but you shared it today at the SWAT luncheon. And I think it's a good reminder that uh, uh, the the message of salvation, the gospel should be on our lips continuously absolutely and 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 that god would grant us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear those who may not know him mm-hmm. and uh, and to be ready as paul says uh in season and out of season mm-hmm. <laughs> to to proclaim the gospel and uh it was just cool and i that's not to lift up you doug i mean uh but it's just to let people know hey you, you just never know who is right around you where you have an opportunity to just ask a penetrating question, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have you personally trusted Christ? Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we all should be looking for those, those opportunities out there. 
And, you know, my mom was a prayer warrior. A lot of people that knew her knew she would pray and they could call her. Um, and so uh, I, I'm just very thankful that uh, God made her my mom and and uh, gave me the uh, the benefit of growing up under her love and, and affection. And, uh, and like I said, pray for my dad because it's sad. He lost the love of his life, 67 years. They never dated. He was in the military. He wrote her over 100 letters. They wrote back and forth. When he came home from being overseas, she met him at the bus, and they ended up getting married, <laughs> never having you, gone on a date. You were showing me pictures at the funeral of, of them. That was a great picture of them when he got off the train. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just amazing, you know, that uh, – what, what if that were true today? What if what if um, you could only – communicate via handwritten letters <laughs> and uh, you said he wrote over a hundred letters to uh, her she still got them in yeah. her chest of ho- her hope chest and that- gosh those would be so cool to actually have framed or something and put up yeah uh, my son and his wife uh, rachel uh, he wrote her a, a, a letter every day mm-hmm. when they were separated while she was in college down in south florida I even told Ben, I said, Ben, that's a high standard to live by. <laughs> you better keep doing that. You know, the things you did when you were dating, do you still do those? You know? That's okay. convicting. Okay, it? we'll end it that, that, and, and we'll move on. That's very convicting. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, Brad, you, you know, usually if you're just tuning in during the first segment, we usually talk about um, – uh, things going on in our culture. And I read an article that came out today that was really interesting. It was by a professor up at the Southern Baptist Seminary up in Louisville. Uh, and he wrote this article in the title of it, Thou Shalt Be Vaccinated When Love Thy Neighbor Does Not Fulfill the Law. And we're going to spill over into the second segment. I'm going to just tell you we're going to do that because I think it's important because something like this will happen again in the future. And a lot of evangelicals, unfortunately, were mocked and scolded by other evangelicals for people who would not take the vaccine, who advocated against taking the vaccine. And and one of the most misused verses was, listen, you need to love your neighbor and love mm. your neighbor. <clears throat> and it's loving to wear a mask it's loving to uh get the vaccine and that simply has proved not to be true and not one evangelical leader that i know that promoted that stuff has said they were wrong or repented or said we were wrong and i want to talk about that because we know now that the truth is coming out and listen people are free to take the vaccine and do that kind of stuff if they want but to to tell somebody it's not loving your neighbor to take it or to wear a mask when, listen, folks, it has been proven that masks do not stop the spread of respiratory viruses. They don't. They can't. They don't stop it. That coronavirus went blew right through the mask. We had Dr. Uh, Byram Bridalon from Canada, an epidemiologist who proved you can wear five masks and it can still go through yeah and so when we come back i want to talk about this article and i'm going to tell you where to go to see it i think it's worth a read for every listener out there 
uh, because we will have another pandemic. Yep. We're going to have other stuff, and these are principles next time that believers will not be duped yep. like we were. That's about. right. That's right. Glad we're going to dig into it. Go to SWATradio.com. You can uh, check out the past broadcasts there. We'd love to have you join us in person. Uh, you can click on the meetings tab and see where we meet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, Doug McCary, united again. It's been a while, a couple of weeks actually, Doug. But uh, in fact, you and I were. We're on the road the uh, same time. You were going to Mississippi. I was going to Texas. I was coming home from Texas. I figured I'll stop in Meridian, Mississippi, and uh, say hello to you. I, I, mm. Vicky was like, are you going to tell Doug you're coming into town? And I'm like, I don't know if I should. I don't want him to get all shook up or something. <laughs> no. I, I was, and when you, when you really... texted me, was it? I guess it was Monday morning. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what you – I need to go back and look at the text. But uh, I said, I'm in Meridian. Yeah. And not only that, we're actually staying in the same hotel. I know we did. That was really that was really <laughs> funny. Hey, I wanted to let our listeners know too. On Thursdays, uh, we do guest interviews. Tomorrow, I'm doing a a replay of the Andrew Hyatt interview. Andrew Hyatt was the writer director of Paul the Apostle of Christ, and I thought it would be really neat if you listen. If you have not seen the movie and you've been listening to this teaching of acts especially as we've gotten into paul's journeys and paul's life that would be a good movie to go see and it's called paul the apostle of christ but and andrew hyatt is the uh, director and i did an interview with him a few years ago and i'm going to replay that tomorrow on tomorrow's program so you don't want to miss that yeah that's a that's a by the way great reminder um you know i feel, feel like there's so little to watch on tv these days <laughs> yeah. And if you want to stream a good movie, that is a great movie. I think I saw it twice. Once we did a SWAT deal, and then I, I took Vicky to it. And uh, 
boy, it just was so good. And I didn't just see it because Andrew Hyatt, and we interviewed him, but uh, it is a great, great movie. It was very well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, Jim Caviezel was in it, who That's was right. in The Passion of the Christ yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, this article is by a guy named Steve Wellam. Like I said, he's a professor professor of Christian theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville. And what he's doing is he's merely pointing out the truth. And I will tell you personally, Brad, the command to love your neighbor has thrown been thrown in my face many, many times over the issue of um well, it's whatever people want to do. They yeah. well, they just throw it out there and that you know the COVID-19 pandemic, like there were some arbitrary lockdowns of the government and uh, covering our faces. And again, we know we have the science now. We know the truth. Mask do not stop the spread of a respiratory virus. It has been proven. There are so many places you can go to, yet people still want people to do it. And if you feel comfortable doing that, that's okay. But, uh, a lot of times people can do more harm than good for instance i saw people still exercising in a mask that is not good for you 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 end up breathing in your own exhaled air which is not good you're not getting the oxygen your body needs and yet people are so fear-based they're afraid and they've been made to be fear-based and when people spoke out about it and they spoke out about the vaccine, uh, Christian leaders were telling people, listen, in fact, uh, there was a whole bunch of Christian leaders that signed the BioLago statement, love your neighbor, get the shot. And they insisted that if we really want to love our neighbor, we got to get the vaccine. And if you refuse to do it, they basically said you're being sinful. You're violating that command. And, and now... Looking back with 2020 hindsight, we can see that, one, that these people made assumptions on bad data, bad information it was giving to them, and and it should be a lesson to all of us because, well, listen, in Scripture, when you are commanded to love your neighbor, that doesn't mean apart from the truth. Mm-hmm. You, that you you can't tell somebody to do something that's not truthful that's not really loving to your right. neighbor <clears throat> and and so love is thinking the best or doing the best and what happened is you had some people that thought the best was to not take the vaccine and you had some people that thought it was and now looking back the people that said that it was was basing it on bad data listen listen to some of these stats we were told that the vaccine was 95% effective, but that was false. We now know that the vaccine and its boosters don't stop the transmission of the virus. In fact, a lot of people who got the vaccine got the, va- got the virus more frequently than people who didn't. And, uh, and, and, and so why would you have to keep getting boosters? Uh, normal vaccines, you don't have to keep doing that. You know, and so they there there was just so much bad information out there, and yet all these people were saying, "Well, you got to love your neighbor, you got to do it." And so, this is a really good article. We're, we're seeing now that um, the adverse reactions 
um, from uh, pregnancies to women's menstrual cycles to the fertility of men and women. Um, there's so many things. In fact, do you know, Brad, now that the NFL is testing athletes right now for heart issues? Now, why is that? <laughs> yeah, they should. Because they, they got the vax. Yeah. And, and what happened with DeMar Hamlin? When he was interviewed, why wouldn't he talk about this? See, see, there, there is people there, and this is not a conspiracy. This is truth. You can go out there, and all this information is in the public now because all this information is coming out that that the the infection fatality rate for the virus was around 027 percent, which is uh, very similar to flu season, and yet. All this misinformation was sit out there. There were ways to be treated, and people were made to feel like the only thing you could do was a vaccine. So I just I, I thought it was important to get this out there. The article is called um, thou, shalt, thou, "Thou Shalt Not Be Vaccinated When Love Thy Neighbor Does Not Fulfill the Law." And if you go, um, there's a it's, website. Yeah, it's Christ over all is the website. We're gonna. James is going to put it up on our Facebook page. If you're not familiar with our Facebook page, you can go to SWAT Radio on Facebook. Uh, James will get it up there. It'll be a little later today. Yeah, but, uh, Christ overall is the article. Well, he, he, he says, really, the bottom line, how do we prepare for the future? Three, three lessons we can take away. One, loving your neighbor always has to be defined in terms of truth. Yeah. Verifiable truth. Not not hypothesis, not unknowns, but truth. So if we don't know, then you can't mandate. Yeah. And that's and, 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 and the government does not have a right to tell you to inject something into your body that's harmful. If they're going to inject something into your body that is potentially harmful, we can we can say that's shouldn't do that. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, in and, fact, uh, just <clears throat> I was I think I mentioned uh, I was listening to Charlie Kirk on the way over and his guest today, uh, Robert Barnes and Warner Mendenhall, uh, one's a physician, one's an attorney, and they're part of this uh, lawsuit about suing the vax traffickers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, literally thousands, even millions of Americans say they have suffered injuries after taking the mRNA vaccine. Shots. Uh, yeah. We we'll call them shots because they're not vaccines. No, they're shots. Yeah. They're shots. <clears throat> and you're right. And that was what was missing, Brad, is the truth was missing on the whole issue of the vaccines and anybody who questioned the 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 truth of these things now has been vindicated and but there's a lot of people who've not come out and admitted that <clears throat> the christian leaders who were mm-hmm. pushing that they've just kind of been silent and that a lot of our church leaders were wrong on this issue that's the first <clears throat> thing second although governments are ordained by god and romans 13 says we're to obey them their authority is not unlimited, and our obedience must never be contrary to the truth because governments have a responsibility to uphold what is good, but when they don't, when they demand that we act contrary to the truth by harming our bodies, we do have a right to say no and to intercede on behalf of others to say no. We live by the truth of God's word, and when a government mandate results in our harm or the harm of our neighbor, the loving thing to do is to say, no, we're not going to do this, mm-hmm. um, and, and, we're, and, and to disobey in that way. 
And I'll give you an example. When the disciples were told not to talk about Jesus, that's unloving. And they said, no, we can't do this, right? And so uh, we we just trusted leaders without question. A lot of Christian leaders did. And uh, even when people were bringing stuff out, you know, think about this. If you think about what happened with the Tuskegee experiment, do you remember that back in the 30s? Uh, well, actually, a long time from, th- I think, 30 to <clears throat> 70s, um, that there were government-funded doctors who did experiments on black people, and that's wrong. Yeah, <clears throat> That was wrong then. Right. It's wrong now. Right. And this stuff was wrong. And... Um, our government has no Christian worldview. It's secular. Our our government is no longer run by people that love the Lord. I was going to say, as Christian leaders, as Christians, period, uh, we better be careful who we're listening to. Because, uh, you know, Doug, in fact, we were talking about it. I was uh, out in Texas, obviously, this past week with my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a doctor. But, uh, you know, he, the, the this this idea of many not just a handful, a number of uh, pastors, well-known pastors, came out in support of this kind of stuff. Oh, I know. And not, as you said earlier, not one of them has come back and said, hey, we were I was wrong. wrong. Yeah. You know, and, it, it, and it's okay. Uh, listen, I'm just saying, you might be careful about uh, endorsing something that's coming out of the government. Yeah. Uh, and, and not to say you can't do that, but if it's wrong, I think you have a responsibility to come out and say I was wrong. Well, and and that's exactly and that's okay. Yeah, it is. And the thing we bring up, Brad, is what he said. Is he said that you know in previous eras we could have trusted the government, but right. we need to understand the times we live in, and the times we're living in now. It it's no long. We need to trust and verify. Until we verify, we should not be taking a stand of mandating anything. Right to anybody as a church we need to recommit to god's word to apply love in the context of his truth and not things that are unknown so anyway i just thought it was a great article stephen wellam is the author thou shalt about thou shalt be vaccinated when love thy neighbor does not fulfill the law yeah again we'll we'll have uh, james will put that up on the website this afternoon or later this evening and uh thanks again james for doing that We're glad you've tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, 844-777-7928 or 777-SWAT. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. You can also email us your questions at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, Doug McCary on this Wednesday afternoon. Hard to believe, already February 22nd. We're almost uh, through February, man. We've got six more days. Spring is here. You know, I mean, at least it is here in Jacksonville, although I was looking at the weather. Do you see the storm gonna that's going to be hitting up north? I mean, they're talking like, I think it's Minnesota, like 26 inches of snow. 
but uh, it's beautiful here. It's awesome so, down sorry here. Sorry to rub that in on anybody no, who's it, uh, it, who's it, tuned in elsewhere, but. Well, I, I, you know, Brad, I know, we, you know, we, we've worked through Acts 21, 1 through 16. Y'all, you guys went through it. The whole point of this first part of Acts 21 is the humility of Paul, his, his surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. And I just want to talk for a second and share that when you look at Paul's life, and I said this today, and we're going to talk about it again extensively next week, that Paul was the epitome of of the best spirit-led example mm-hmm. of a man in Scripture that I know of as far as like yielded to all the things he had to be yielded to, to the right. beatings, <clears throat> the, the stoning, the the journeys, and all those things. He goes into Jerusalem where he's headed on this text we're looking at and knowing that it awaits him, knowing suffering awaits him and persecution. And I know that uh, David and you and, uh, well, you weren't here last week, but David and uh, Craig and then the week before you and David talked about and we talked a little bit about living daily with the knowledge of his purpose and the singleness of his purpose, deliberately living that way. And and knowing our purpose, a lot of times, we get confused in our world with what our purpose is. There's a lot of Christians out there who aren't really sure of what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. They know it's to trust Christ for salvation, yeah. but on a day-to-day basis. And really, the, the, the point I want to hang on for the rest of the day is this last idea of dying living dyingly with the supremacy of his purpose, knowing that there's no other purpose greater than being a follower of Jesus, his king, his being a kingdom ambassador. I mean, Mm. that's what he redeems us for. And somewhere along the line, it got distorted to where it became very egocentric and following him to where it was about what happens for me instead of what sure. I do for him. <clears throat> yeah, that's because uh, there's been a false gospel preached mm-hmm. throughout generations. Um, and who, who doesn't want to follow a Christ that will give you everything you want? You know, wealth and prosperity and health and all that stuff. And makes no demands. And makes no demands. There, There's no conviction. There's no conversion. There's no conforming. And uh, that's... What is God's purpose? Well, uh, man, we we know that our purpose is to glorify him. I was thinking about this, Doug, and I don't know if this is in light of the funeral service or whatever, even what we were looking at today, is that we are all dying. Yes. Why not die mm-hmm. for the cause of Christ? Yeah. We, uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm saying this as an American who is not going to be persecuted for proclaiming the gospel. Uh, at least not anywhere I go on a daily basis. Um, you know, Paul, I, I, I think I'm over and over, and, and to your point, there probably isn't anyone in Scripture, uh, in, you know, any man in Scripture that we see uh, that faithfully uh, pers- persevered. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, we, we enter some hard times, and we, we throw our hands up, like, oh, how miserable this is. <laughs> Paul 
continually persevered because he was totally surrendered. I shared it again today. His conviction was there regardless of consequence. And how much do we waver today in our culture? How much do the believers in the church, if, you know, and it's not like we deny Jesus. It's not like we're going, oh, I don't, I don't love Jesus anymore, mm-hmm. but it's just, I want to, I want my way. Yeah, sure. I, I don't want to do it God's way. I mm-hmm. want it my way. And, and we have to surrender to his Lordship. He, listen, He's God of the universe, right. and he calls us. Our surrender is not what earns us salvation, but we surrender because of salvation. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, it, it's well, so, salvation is the surrendering of yourself. It is, but Brad, so many people today talk about surrender as though it's a work. Like, like our surrender is a work on our part to earn salvation, and it's not. It is a response to the king of the universe sending his son to die on a cross and say, I offer it freely to you because I wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life before mm-hmm. the beginning of time. Yeah. So yeah. receive it. I, I was. Uh, I think I shared Jeremiah 1.5. You're familiar with it. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Yes. And that idea of consecrated, it means there's purpose on your life. Mm-hmm. And it is not... It is not uh, about you getting everything you want. Mm. Uh, he's consecrated you. He's appointed you a prophet to the nations. Yes. And boy, do I easily forget that myself. Mm. You know, that I, I, I get up and, man, I'm on mission to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Well, we get up out of the bed in the morning and our first thought is not. And by the way, my wife said this. She found a note of my mom's that was, it was a prayer note. That said, when she got up in the morning, her prayer was, Lord, thank you for giving me a family. Help me serve them today. Mm. Help me serve you today. Yeah. I mean, that was her prayer. That should be each one of our prayer to get up. Lord, help me serve you however you want me to be used today. I'm Amen. yours. Amen. First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift Use it to serve one another as faithful stewards of God's manifold grace. The greatest gift we've been given is the gift of the gospel, and we are to serve it up to people. We serve it, and and the way we interact with people is in our place of work. We do not work to make money. We work because God calls us to work, and he gives is glorified when we work. That's right. And he provides the money for us. <laughs> That's right. I mean, but, but see, we, we we got so skewed to, you know, we people think they deserve everything they get because they're working hard. And that's when we start getting this entitlement mentality that thinks, well, you know, I don't want God to do this. And hmm. we believe we have the right to tell him not to do something. Oh, we say, I think my career, most of my career, Doug, I, the only way I made money was by commission. Mm-hmm. That's how I got paid. And uh, y- you work on commission. There are times where you go, God, <laughs> you're the provider. You, you got to provide the clients. You got to provide the property, the real estate, all that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know. I think you know. Sometimes I'm I'm thankful that I I never really had a job that was salary based. It's easy to to get into the mode of you know showing up, you know, and just uh, expecting that 
you're just going to get paid. Well, it has been a beautiful thing for the Lord for us for 28 years to depend on him every month and That's to watch amazing. him provide. Yeah. And I can remember sitting in a room with John Bowers um, early on in ministry the first couple of years, and they had been doing it for like 15 years. And I'm like, how? How are 20 years? How have you depended on the Lord every month like that? Mm. Uh, yeah. But the truth is, we all should feel that way about wherever we do, whether you're in real estate, whether you're flying a plane, no matter what we're doing, he is the one who provides, not the right. government or not some buyer of a house. Right. Well, what is it? He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think in. I think for those uh, like you, Doug, I can think of many stories you've shared over the years uh, how God provided materially. Mm-hmm. But more than that, he provides spiritually for us. Um, and I think, you know, Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. And we need that reminder that our life, our 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 salvation and our sustenance, it's all from him well you know when when paul was in caesarea and he was getting ready to leave to go to jerusalem um it says while he was there agabus this prophet came down and he came down and he took paul's belt and he bound his feet and hands and he says listen this is what's going to happen to paul it was a vivid vivid illustration in acts 21 11 of what god was going to do with paul with the romans and verse 12 says we meaning luke meaning timothy meaning trophimus meaning Mm -hmm. gaius and derby all these are gaius from derby and all these um secundus all these young disciples they did not want paul to go in the same way i didn't want my mother to go in the same way that my brother my dad didn't want my mother to go and listen to what paul says in verse 13 what are you doing breaking my heart i'm ready to die for the name of the lord jesus and paul says that in second timothy 4 6 8 you know he says that i am what i've given my life i finished Mm -hmm. my race i'm here i'm here and he has been faithful and i think of my mom that sweet Josephine, trust in Christ there by watching my mom try to mouth the words to how great thou art was the witness that made her start softening up. Mm-hmm. And God brought a son that my mom faithfully brought up in the word to be right there to do it. I mean, it's just a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yeah. of of the body of Christ and my mom being so committed Brad I found five or six bibles with her notes in them and they were just beautiful that she had marked it up and had the plan of salvation on the cover of everyone and it was just an awesome <clears throat> reminder of the sovereignty of God. I, I mentioned that yesterday uh, to Brian that I was so uh, encouraged. You had that stack of Bibles up on the pulpit as you were sharing the gospel at your mother's service. And I was telling him, that's my, that's what I want. I've told Vicki this, that 
at my funeral, I want my funeral to be delivered right out of my own Bible. Uh-huh. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, glad you joined us here at SWAT Radio. We're going to take a quick break, but feel free to call 844-777-7928. You can also go to SWATradio.com. Click on the meetings tab. You'll see the various locations, the times that we meet in person, and we would love to have you meet us there. So, uh, listen, we'll be right back after the break. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all Welcome right. back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this Wednesday afternoon. You know, Doug, I um, I know it's been a tough week, been a tough couple of weeks for you. You know, I think that uh, th- this idea that, um, you know, the separation between uh, you and your mom uh, and, and the pain and the grief that really goes on there. I, I was looking there at, uh, in fact, I may have even mentioned this yesterday uh, in Acts 20, that last paragraph in, in chapter 20, it says, and when he, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, speaking of Paul, and there was much weeping on the part of all. Mm. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all, because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again mm-hmm. and they accompanied him to the ship and then the very next verse the very next sentence uh, it says and when he had parted from them uh, i was looking at that that idea is to to literally to tear apart mm-hmm. and think about the pain you experience at the loss of a loved one mm-hmm. but the mission still is going to be accomplished paul is still while he knows he's going to Jerusalem, and as we even looked at today at the Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, there's persecution ahead. Mm-hmm. Paul is, man, he is, he's moving on. Yeah. And it's not that he's not grieving the loss and the separation that he has from those he loved, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a mission to be accomplished. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I thought about that ripping apart. That's what it feels like when you lose somebody you mm-hmm. love, like yeah you know that that's been so impactful like my mom you yeah, know i just 
um, I think I think about that. But you know, I was with her in the ICU room over in Jackson, and I remember talking to her, and she said, you know, she's ready. I, I talked to her because and asked her about it, and she she loved Jesus. Hmm. I mean, Brad, she loved to sing. And, you know, she, she, she taught me a song and I actually sang it in church when I was five. And you know, what's weird. My mom became a believer. She totally surrendered, even though she grew up in the church, even though she was leading a girl's youth group, even though she was a member of the, the women's ministry of the church, she was not totally surrendered until, um, May 1st. 1967 67. yeah and i found in one of her bibles uh and i remembered mine was may night i remembered i was five but it was may 7th 1967 so my mom started following in may 1st i started following may 7th as a five-year-old and i'll, I'll tell you i'm not a big advocate for a lot of ch- children um you know, children can come. I'm not saying they can't, mm-hmm. but but it's a following and a process. And and I'm telling you, I think a lot of times we put the words in children. My my mom didn't do that with me, and I I, I can honestly say, I remember at eight years old walking forward in a vacation Bible school, and feeling a call to be a preacher one day. <laughs> Me and another guy named Eddie Booth. I'll never forget that from Meridian. And we were looking and we found a paper in one of my mom's Bibles of when she um, she uh, was on the list of people that made a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. Eddie Booth's name was on that list too. <laughs> Is that right? Isn't that funny? And I still remember his name. But th- this is part of your legacy, just like your parents are part of your legacy. And, you know, folks, if you have had people who love the lord as parents that is such a gift from the lord not everybody gets to experience that it is a gift and there's something about being gathered to your fathers i I know that's a biblical phrase and i was thinking about my mom being with her mom and her dad you know in the presence of jesus and the faithful life she lived for 87 years man um it, i mean it, it's just her family was very large and they worked hard but my mom had this enduring spirit with a smile of almost anything she yeah. hardly ever complained i don't ever remember hearing her complain you you actually mentioned this today and I, you actually mentioned it at the funeral just i mean we talked a lot about her her servant heart to serve others um but you mentioned it today about the I think she had written something in her Bible or maybe it was a note or something about wanting to become more of a humble servant. Yes. And uh you know, I think I think Doug there's an important point you just made uh regarding your mother mm-hmm. that I think our churches are full of people who have made, you know, they've walked an aisle, they've been baptized uh, they've made a profession of faith, mm. but they don't possess Christ. Yeah. They, they, and I think there's there's danger 
And uh, and again, I listen. I I I think three, two or three of my kids came to Christ at a very young age. I mean, certainly under the age of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't put a lot of stock in that. I, I wanted to see that uh, made manifest in their life. And like I think John it, the Baptist, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That's right. right. But I mean, to your mom's point, your mom was, mm-hmm. um, you know, aware of the fact that she knew about Jesus but maybe didn't really know Christ yeah. as Lord and Savior. Yeah, it, that's interesting, too, because I was reading, Brad, over in uh, that, that I've always, you know that phrase in Matthew 7, and I know Ooh, uh, we're about to run. That's, that's the sobering text yeah, right that, there. That Matthew 7, listen, if you're listening out there, I can think of nothing better if you do not know Christ. I mean, really know him. You don't have the joy of knowing the king of the universe in a personal relationship, there would be nothing more honoring to my mom or to any to the king than today. Let that be today. Let today be the day you say, you know what? I want to know him. I want to turn from leading my own life. I want to turn from my own righteousness. I'm going to let him have his rightful place. I want him to know me. You see, Brad, over in Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, he doesn't say you never knew me. He says, I never knew you. That's an important phrase because you go, well, doesn't he know everybody? He's talking about the intimacy there. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 8, 3 real quick. This is why, folks, studying the Bible, and I'm so glad I found out what a student of the word my mom was. Do you know how you can know God knows you, Brad? Read what 8 3 says yeah but if anyone loves god he is known by god is that not incredible rich rich. so the way he knows you is if you love him right Mm. and my mom loved him and i praise god for her teaching and and my dad teaching me to love him um because he is my solace i can't imagine what it's like to put somebody in the ground and think that they're headed for eternal damnation. I can't imagine what it would be like if I was that person about to die, not Mm. knowing God and not having him know me because I love him. I remember I asked this question to a good pastor friend of mine. What's the, what's the most difficult thing about ministry? And he said, the most difficult thing about ministry is putting someone in the ground who you know doesn't know him, (laughs) who doesn't know Christ, to conduct a a, a service Mm. for somebody who didn't know Christ, because that is a dark, depressing service. Yeah, it's it's very sad. I've done a couple of like that. Um, And what you do in those services is you just focus on the gospel and the hope. Mm -hmm. And there is a hope. 
and, and this is our hope is that maybe there was a thief on the cross moment at some yeah, point exactly. at the end of the life. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's the only hope we can have. But the reality is for you and me or anybody listening right now, if you have gone to church, that doesn't make him know you. If you have read your Bible, that doesn't make him know you. If you have given money to Christian causes, that doesn't make him know you. It says in 1 Corinthians 8, 3, that he knows you when? When you love him. That's how you know the Spirit is there. The Spirit of God wants to be with God. It doesn't long for the things of this earth. The things of this earth are temporary. This is not our home. I love that song. I, I don't know. I think it's about build. Is it building four twenty nine? Is that the name of the group? Or, or there's a group, uh, but they sing this song. Um, not uh, this is not my home. You know, I'm not home oh, yet. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know who that group is, oh, but I, I love do the know song. that song. I, I love the song, and um, you know, I just am, am very thankful. Um, I I I thank that. I thank uh I thank the Lord for for the love and and compassion that my mom showed me by pointing hmm. me to Jesus with my dad. They they yeah. both they they taught me to fear God and they taught me that you love God because he loves you. And uh and it's an awesome thing. So don't let another day go by if you're listening. Yeah. Go tell somebody. Share that news with somebody. Yep. Make a difference in the world. Be a light out there. Yeah, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us hearts that are soft and compassionate. And uh, I think you'd be surprised how many people God brings across across your path. Doug, enjoyed it. Glad to have you back in studio. Tomorrow we're going to have uh, Andrew, Hyatt. Andrew Hyatt. And uh, on Friday, uh, join me th- uh, with uh, Craig Henderson, who'll be on in studio oh, with me. ISI on Saturday, oh, yeah, too. Iron Sharpens Iron. Go to ironsharpensiron.net. Register there. Use SWAT15 as your code. We'd love to have you there. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.